Happy Tuesday, everyone. I'm so excited for this episode today because it's incredibly important to me. And it's something that's been evolving in my brain and been on my heart and in my life for the past six years. Um, For those of you who don't know, this Sunday was International Women's Day. One day during the year to appreciate and kind of pay homage to all the women um, in our lives and then the impact that they've had on society, on us personally, and it also serves as a day to push forward for equal rights. Over the past year and a half in particular, I find that it really bothers me how differently I'm perceived compared to how people perceive um, the male people in my life. No one questions specifically my husband's ambition. No one asks him how he handles being a working dad, which I think is really unfair. No one has ever told him that his ability to command a room is too much or too bossy. No one's ever told him to be less emotional and more in control of himself in moments where he's engrossed in something and passionate. No one's ever told him either that he should smile more or be more friendly as a teacher. They've actually praised his ability to be stoic and be, you know, toe the line and be very strict. No one really cautions him about being too aggressive or too pushy. And I think that I've noticed these things in the past, but I've never really had the strength or acknowledged them as really being truly unfair until last year. They were always, quote, just how things have always been, which in hindsight, is an incredibly irritating and unacceptable concept. So before we go any further, let's clarify kind of what I mean when I talk about feminism. Feminism to me is the belief that man and woman as genders are fully equal and should be treated as such. And I also want to clarify, like, I'm not about bashing men. I'm raising two boys, so that would be completely stupid. I'm not about cursing or bringing down men, but I am about challenging the patriarchal mindset of our country and of our culture. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's start at the beginning. So let's go all the way back, back to 2013, from the very beginning when I decided we were going to, well, I guess we (laughs) decided we were going to jump in and try for a baby. I knew I wanted a boy. I refused to wait until delivery to find out, um, and I really didn't even want to do one of those secret gender reveals because I knew that I really was apprehensive about having a girl. Um, I don't know exactly where that came from. I always thought that you know raising girls was more difficult than boys, and that's a whole other episode. But in reality, I think that it was that terror of understanding that if I were to have a girl, all of the surmountable, and at the time kind of maybe found in surmountable odds that the world that I would be bringing them into might be unfair. So before you come out and kind of be like, well, didn't you just want a healthy baby? You had miscarriage, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I mean, come on, we all have this ideal life that we have painted and mine involved a baby boy. Now that I have two boys, the entertaining, the fact of having a girl, you know, again, another story for another episode, but what it boils down to is, you know, this idea of raising boys also comes with a huge responsibility because I really believe and I want them to believe too and see that girls can do anything and that is a hugely important role that I feel like I need to both live and imbue in my boys. So I know that if I had a daughter, I'd be telling and showing her and modeling a million times that she can do anything that she wants, be anybody she wants, love anyone she wants, conquer and overcome any challenge or anything that stood in her way. But the reality is 
our world right now isn't set up that way. And as hard as that sounds, I think that's how that shifts my perspective and how much responsibility I have with my boys. I have to raise these boys to act on that belief, to act on the belief that girls can be, do anything. And they have the privilege and power that goes beyond many people's wildest dreams. As white males in today's society, they have a lot of power to step out and use their voice to speak on these things and make a difference. So I really know that I have a huge responsibility to encourage them to use that power and privilege for good. They have a responsibility then to be the ones who speak up when things are wrong, to be the ones who support women and other marginalized individuals and back them and offer them a seat at the table. They have that incredible responsibility to also share the power they possess in order to make the world a more equal place. I've also realized that while these big ideas are important, the small stuff, the at home, the day to day is where the ripple effect begins. And that's where I, as a mom, can start. I want my boys to really have that foundational understanding that they should be understanding, kind, and open hearted to anyone and everyone. But they aren't just cute. Girls aren't just smart. They are strong and they have important things to say. Girls can like Transformers just like they do. They can like Pokemon. They can like football. They can be hockey players just as good as any other boy can be. And if you ask my sister, honestly, even better. Now, I also reverse this really frequently in my house. And as my son gets older, we're starting to see in him exhibit some of the cultural things that he's learning through school. So I make a really concerted effort to insist that boys can wear pink, boys can have baby dolls, boys can act out, they can dance to Frozen, they can do all of those things that might be stereotypical girl activities. So after the break, I'm going to share some concrete ways that I really am trying to teach my sons to be feminists. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. When I think about raising my boys to be feminists, I start with how I treat them and build them as human beings. My number one mantra is to raise kind kids, and they can't be kind to others if they don't really understand themselves first and they don't see people being kind to them first. So first, um, if you are listening to this kind of for advice, um, teach your boy and that he has emotions too. My oldest is five, and he is literally the most emotional person I think I've ever met other than myself. He's going to be six in July, and infrequently, because I've really been impressing upon my family this from the very beginning, but I have heard some of our family tell him not to cry. Um, I've heard them tell him that he's crying like a baby, that big boys don't cry, and he's five years old. The world is scary. Emotions are intense and he's literally dealing with everything that's happening most of the time for the very first time. And typically when I kind of catch myself wanting to shut down his emotions, I think about, you know, how often am I scared? How often am I anxious? How often do I feel this act of apprehension? And especially the first time that you're trying something. And do you as an adult feel overwhelmed in a situation? Now compound that with the fact that he's literally just a kid. When he cries, when he exhibits this big emotion, it means that he's feeling something. And sometimes that's anger, sometimes that's sadness, sometimes that's frustration, happiness, and he's not quite sure exactly what that looks like. And I really want to see that in him. I want my 
kids to feel and connect with the world around them. And that's really rooted in this idea of building them to understand and identify that full range of emotions. Our daughters are allowed to be human beings. We encourage emotion in our young girls, but often I think we expect our sons, and I don't think this is quite the fact right now or in as, as we move forward, but I think that in the past it's been a very big belief that don't show emotion, you're a boy, boys don't cry, so on and so forth. So how can we expect our sons to empathize with the world around them if they're taught from an early age to really just shut down and ignore those emotions? It's literally like my number one mantra to raise kind and caring kids. So that also transitions into the second thing that I really make sure that I'm doing is I let my kid be himself. They have absolutely no clue until someone else tells them that certain colors are quote boy colors or girl colors. They don't really know all the time that girls are supposed to play with ball dolls and boys are supposed to play with dinosaurs. Some kids, mine did, gravitate naturally to those things, but they don't have that belief system that they're not allowed or not supposed to play with them until someone else does. That preference actually doesn't exist until gender awareness begins at age two or three. And then societal expectations actually override their innate interests. My son loves to um, father his stuffies. He often puts pull-ups and diapers on them and teaches them school. And sometimes when I see people shutting that down, I wonder, like, don't you want your kids to be good dads? And aren't we kind of pushing aside that paternal instinct when we shut those activities and those things down. So like let those kids be kids and experience those things. If we want them to become awesome adults, how can we expect them to do that if we're constantly closing the door on things that they find interest in? How can we expect them to make decisions about who they are if we're constantly telling them not who not to be? So let's next talk about how they treat others. All right. So I also believe that everyone has a really big responsibility to kind of show what they want to receive that goes with energy and body autonomy. And I impress upon my boys a few things about their bodies and in turn about other people's bodies as well. And the first thing that I did from the very beginning was I insist that physical affection is up to the giver. Um, and that translates as an adult, like no means no. And Sometimes this can be really awkward with um, family members who may not kind of understand what I'm getting at, but I never actually force my kids to give physical affection. I do, however, require respect because I've, I've heard that too. Well, they should, they should. Yeah, but they don't have, if they're not comfortable hugging someone, there is another option. So for example, when we leave a party, get together or whatever, I immediately am the first to say this. I say, please say goodbye to grandma, whoever, and then I list options. Give them a hug, give them a hiss, give them a high five. That gives my children the opportunity to dictate the level of physical affection that they're comfortable with. And they're also not hurting anybody's feelings because that's a really big thing too, especially for, you know, grandparents and anybody that has a connection with the kids. They, they want to feel loved. They want the kids to know they love them. But so this gives an opportunity to show that respect and also not hurt anybody's feelings. Um, most of my family's understood. It's just kind of a, been a non-issue. Um, but anyone else that hasn't, has just kind of been awkwardly standing there if my kids refuse to give them a hug. Um, and most of the time my boys do, they like to give hugs. 
But sometimes Lachlan, especially my five-year-old, just wants to give a high five or a fist bump. And I, I think it really boils down for me is how can we expect our kids to understand and respect other people's space if they're not given that right themselves, if they're not taught that they're in control of their own bodies, that they have to quote unquote hug or kiss someone quote because they're grandma, grandpa, whoever, how can we expect our kids to speak up then when they see something that's opposite of that? If we don't impress upon them how important it is that they are in charge of themselves and they have the right to say, no, I don't want to hug you. No, I don't want to kiss. I'd rather high five. So that's just kind of one of the ways that I make sure that they understand like they're in charge of their own body image. And then I also make sure that we as a family unit understand that there are certain ways we do and do not talk about one another. And as a child, I used to hear things all the time like this said to my brothers. Um, you throw like a girl, stop being such a girly girl. You can't do that because you're a boy or like for me, cause I was a tomboy. You shouldn't be doing that because you're a girl playing with dolls is for girls. And then my least favorite that just makes me cringe every time is like, oh, they're just boys. That's just how boys act. Um, no. So in our house, we don't allow any of those gender-based excuses or insults. They're just demeaning, insulting. They act intolerant. They're sexist and they can be straight up mean. Um, not to mention that they're just most of the time completely and totally incorrect. And I have a really big issue with my child's behavior or ability defined by what's in their pants. And that sounds really stupid, but that and their abilities as an individual person have nothing to do with that part of them. So I really think that while I'm a hundred percent of a feminist, I do all of these things with my boys. I impress upon them that boys can play with pink cars if they want to. They can play with dolls. They can do all these things. I have to face the facts, right? My boys are innately boys. They are 100% through and through boys. And there are some innate behavioral differences in the males of our species. Um, moms, girls, you know it. I'll be the first to tell you my boys are boys. And I never thought that I would say that. <laughs> they think farts are funny. They're obsessed with dinosaurs and cars. And I absolutely adore that about them because it it's who they are. But it's not all they are. I'm always going to teach them to not only show physical strength, but also to understand that there's strength in being soft and tender. And then they need to be using that physical strength and that voice that they have to stand up and speak out against intolerance. So I can't wait to see how this progresses. I'm going to have to kind of update, I think, in a couple of years as they grow and as they kind of get involved and ensconced in all of the culture around them. And I cannot wait to see how they grow up to create and change a world that is incredibly inclusive and equal. All right, guys. So thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you comment, rate, subscribe. So you never miss what's going on here. Next Tuesday is St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to get you a rundown on Celtic witchcraft and how I love to celebrate my Celtic heritage. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Ancestry.com and how I've used that to kind of dig into what I thought was a very Irish heritage, which is, um, you'll find out. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on today's episode. So head over to my Instagram and send me a direct message. 
my Instagram is confessions of a mom or you can go ahead and send me an email at the at gmail.com. See you next week.